Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Ninth Ninth Tower Tower Productions. Productions. The world is sundered, and the initiate wanders the desert, a cadaverous wasteland of abandoned trust and deluded indemnity. This fractured world is filled with unending gloaming, neither true dusk nor dawn, whose only rhythm is that of icy days and the fire of night. Bone-weary, And with numbing heart, the initiate knows in blood and flesh that manifestation is separation, that the sucker of unity was nothing more than a dream. The heavy earth pulls at the body. The indistinct heaven calls to the mind. The soul waits between. And the wasteland of pain bruises the feet unceasingly. Sleep whispers seductively, undermining the struggle. Yet the wanderer is never sure whether another dream or actual waking reigns. All the initiate knows is that boldness is the need fire, courage the alchemical catalyst to turn seeming into being, turning the lost into the Dagazian. I can't believe you ended up here. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, Mrs. Manette. It has been an unusually chaotic day. That's quite all right, Dr. Ferit. And it's Ms., not Mrs. I've been divorced for a few years now. Ah, my apologies. Would you like a cup of coffee? Or a water, perhaps? No, thank you. Doctor, when will I be able to see Brennan? Oh, very soon. I just want to make sure you understand his condition before I take you to him. Of course. This whole situation is extremely unusual. For you more than us, probably. Everything has been a bit sudden. I um, haven't seen Brennan in years, and now he's in an, an asylum. And for some reason he's named me as his beneficiary and granted me full medical power of attorney. I'm more than a little confused. The Henda Behavioral Health Inpatient Rehabilitation Clinic is not an asylum, Ms. Minette. The culture and treatment around mental and emotional health has progressed greatly in these last few decades. Of course, Doctor. We received all of the final paperwork from Mr. Mallory's attorney yesterday, so we can now proceed. If I may ask, why did you agree to become the healthcare surrogate of someone you haven't seen in years? Ben and I were very close when we were younger. 
We were never in a romantic relationship, but I can't say that I've ever loved anyone more than I loved him. When I was contacted by his attorneys, I could feel the old connection. As strong as ever, there really was only one choice. Good. He's already had so many people try to use him. No matter what the legal reality is, I had to ask what your motives were. I understand. It seems that he trusted you. And the memory of your friendship enough to grant you both control of his entire and not insubstantial estate. And to burden you with caring for his well-being. Would it be possible to have that cup of coffee now, Doctor? Of course. How much was his attorney able to explain to you about his condition? Mr. Hopkins told me about how his wife and children were slowly poisoning and trying to convince him that he was insane so that they could take over his estate. But I'm not clear as to why he's here if he wasn't actually ill. Yes. <sighs> it was a poorly thought out, stupid and exceedingly cruel plan. Both their poisoning and gaslighting of Mr. Mallory were illuminated before things proceeded too far. Unfortunately for him, the real damage had already been done. What do you mean? Consider, Miss Minette, how you would feel if you discovered that the people you loved and trusted most in the world cared so little for you that they would do such horrible things. I imagine, knowing Brennan, that if he could choose, he would have actually chosen being terminally ill and insane over the reality that his family had betrayed him. He expressed those exact sentiments when he first came to us. I was told he was catatonic, that he couldn't speak. Yes, but when he first came to us, as an outpatient, he wasn't suffering from his current condition. I don't understand. Mr. Mallory is suffering from a type of functional neurological disorder very similar to what is known as conversion disorder. Essentially, his mental and emotional trauma was so great that his body started exhibiting physical symptoms, which in this case include unresponsiveness and an inability to move, walk, or eat without being led by a caregiver. So he's not intubated? No, it's very curious. If we put food, baby food essentially, in his mouth, he will chew and swallow. If we put a straw in his mouth, he will drink. If we guide him from his bed, he will stand and walk. But he won't speak or show any sign of recognition? That is correct. May I see him now, doctor? Yeah. We have had enough clinical talk for today. Here is some documentation on functional neurological disorder. You can review it at your convenience. Let's go see your friend. You have a visitor, Brennan. Your old friend, Nadia Minette, is here. Can he hear us, Doctor? Yeah. Physically, he is fully capable. Whether he will allow himself to emotionally is up to him. Miss Minette, being around someone he can allow himself to trust is perhaps some of the best medicine for Brennan right now. Do not underestimate your presence here. Thank you, Doctor. Did the front desk give you the times that you may visit? Yes, I plan on being here every day, if at all possible. That would be excellent, Miss Minette. I'll leave you two alone now. 
I'll be back later, Brennan. I hope you enjoy your visit. Hi, Brennan. It sounds stupid to say that it's good to see you, but even in these horrible circumstances, it is good to see you. There's so much I have to tell you, so much to get caught up on. But I, I want to make sure I'm not upset when we talk, and I can't promise that I won't start bawling any minute now. The last thing I want to do is make things worse for you in any way. But I have something special planned for us, something we can do each day together. Do you remember in college when we would listen to all those old-time radio shows? That's a rhetorical question. I know you do. Because you and I would have contests about who knew more trivia and had listened to more shows than the other. That was one of the first things I thought of after your lawyers contacted me. I really miss those times. So I went to the Internet Archive and I downloaded all 51 episodes of Streets of Mystery from 1935. I remember we both loved it. But it was always your favorite. I'm going to be here every day, Brennan, unless something really important comes up. You can count on that. And we're going to talk and then listen to an episode every day. Once we've listened to them all, I'm hoping that you might be willing to help me pick a show that maybe I haven't heard before. So you better start thinking about what you want to listen to, mister. Enough jibber-jabber. Let's enter the theater of the mind, my friend. The future! The year is 1939, and the world and America has spent the last nine years rebuilding after the Earth successfully repelled an invasion by monsters from another dimension. In the new American metropolis of Nexus City, adventurer, doctor, and hero Hugh Hightower continues to fight for humanity's future as he walks the city's streets of mystery. Streets of Mystery is brought to you by Rainbow Bridge Beer, the wheelful brew that brings brilliance. Friends, times have been hard. Ever since Black Tuesday, many of us don't know what tomorrow may bring, or even if there will be a tomorrow. And if you are like many others, you probably have turned to a cold beer now and again to forget your troubles. To just become a little bit numb to everything. Well, here at Rainbow Bridge, we think beer should do more. When so many of us don't really know who we are anymore or what we really stand for, a beer should help us remember what is important, not forget. Rainbow Bridge Beer has partnered with Ironized Yeast and Vim's Vitamins to brew an ale that is truly divine. The Ironized Yeast will give you pep and remind you that you can face another day, no matter what the challenge. And the nine essential minerals that Vim's Vitamins add will make you mentally sharp and flowing with might. And the smooth, delicious flavor will keep you coming back for more. Rainbow Bridge Beer. The wheelful brew that brings brilliance. Pick some up today. Before we can begin our story, dear listener, we need to go back in time. Back nine years ago when it looked like humanity might go the way of the dodo. Listen.
Tara, quick, in here. We'll be trapped. No, we won't. There's a storage room downstairs with a back door for deliveries. How do you know that? Billy used to work here. He snuck me in through the back so we could neck. You are so bad. <laughs> hmm. What are we going to do, Julianne? We're going to hide in here and wait for the alien forces to move on. No, I, I mean after that. And the last radio broadcast said that Cunning and Hightower discovered that they were from another dimension? Whatever that means, not another planet. They're still alien to us, sis. After that, I still have hope that the government will find a way to beat these things. Nothing hurts them. Guns don't work. Bombs don't work. John and Billy are, are gone. I know. The government is as lost as the rest of us. Then I still have hope that Carl Cunning and Hugh Hightower will figure this out. Dang. They're coming. Come on. This way. Now where? I don't know. Let me think a sec. Julianne, look! Kara, it's the Shining Eagle. Cunning and Hightower are here. Beginning interception approach, Carl. Excellent. Keep the eagle steady, Hugh. Uncle Sam is counting on us to do this right the first time. Is there even the option of a second time, Carl? Probably not. After months of constantly losing to these interdimensional invaders, we have only this one chance of success. Is your transmitter ready, Professor? Yes. You know, Dr. Hightower, I'm not sure I've ever told you how brilliant it was when you noticed one of them quivering when we cycled through the radio frequencies during that rescue operation last month. Discovering that they are essentially made of solid sound was the key. I'm just glad it wasn't a dead end. So what was the frequency that you finally determined they physically manifest within? Physically, they oscillate on a number of layered frequencies. But I'm confident that I've isolated them and have prepared the sonic emitter to create phase cancellation counterfrequencies. And using their hive mind to carry the counterfrequencies will work. We will find out in a minute. You'll get a kick out of this, Hugh. Do you know what kilohertz frequency the alien hive mind operates on? No. Six, six, six. You're kidding. No. We're coming in, Carl. Ready when you are. Roger that. Beginning transmission in three, two, one. Broadcasting on the 666 kilohertz frequency. How long do I need to stay at this low altitude? Just a few more seconds, Hugh. Once the transmission is complete, it should spread like a virus through their collective minds, causing their forms to lose coherence. And that's it. They'll all just die in mass. It might take a while, but yes. It will be just like knocking over a line of dominoes. The broadcast is complete. Let's get some altitude and see what's happening from a bird's eye view. Roger that. My god, Hugh. They're all turning to liquid. A black liquid. You did it. But that doesn't really look like any liquid I've ever seen. Doesn't even look like oil. Also, is it just me, or is it, whatever it is, all moving? You're right, Hugh. 
all of the alien remains are moving off and seem to be converging on something. Quick, let's follow. Yes, sir, Professor. You are right about something else, Hugh. I don't think it's what we would normally call a liquid. But I do think it is fluid sound. And I'm pretty sure it is absorbing all the light and probably sound around it. Another mystery for Cunning and Hightower? Indeed. What's happening, Julianne? They're all turning to black liquid or something. They did it, Kara. They really did it. Oh, dear God. Thank you. Thank you. Kara, look out. That one hasn't died yet. <laughs> Julianne, Julianne, no. No, you can't leave me, Julianne. Kara, I'm here. Now, listener, let's move to six years in the past. Sergeant Brighton, are you sure everything is secure? We... We can't risk anything happening to Mayor Cunning. The rebel protesters have begun to get violent. Everything is secure. Don't worry. I have 20 men assigned to the main security detail, 10 sharpshooters, and 13 plainclothes officers deployed as well. Thank you, Sergeant. I'm sorry if I seem worried. We have everything under control. I'd feel better if Dr. Hightower were here. He can calm people down more than the mayor, it seems. I was hoping he would be. He's currently in the Badlands delivering medicine and conducting some research. Of course. I'm sure he's as busy in his own way as the mayor is. Yes, Cunning and Hightower. They've been like real-life versions of Doc Savage and Hugo Danner and Buck Rogers and Spider. Heck, like all sorts of heroes all rolled into one or two, I should say. Oh, the mayor's about to start. Darn it. I'm sorry, Kara. I knew you wanted to meet your hero, Hugh. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Professor Cunning is pretty swell, too. But I do wish you would let me tell the professor about you still being around. We're not sure you're even dead. Maybe you're in another dimension or something. No, I'm dead, Kara. I keep telling you that. And they would either lock you up or dissect you. Magic, technology, psychic abilities... These are things they are starting to grudgingly accept. Spirits and people who talk to them, that is still far too threatening to them. If you say so. Friends, today marks the three-year anniversary of the day that Dr. Hightower and I stopped the invasion that almost destroyed all of humanity. It also marks the beginning of the new age of mystery and wonder that came about when the remains of solid sound all coalesced here at the exact center of the United States. Here at the heart of the city of tomorrow that we have all built, our great Nexus City. Where the wonders that Hugh Hightower and I have discovered from the sonic singularity, we avoided what should have been a new dark age and instead have created marvels. Technology that would astound H.G. Wells and Jules Verne. Medicines that right now are saving the lives of the Badlands survivors. 
I have stared deeply into that singularity over the years, and I can promise you, the wonders there will change everything. Soon, we will build new cities, just like Nexus City. And we will continue to work with the White House to rebuild the United States, and then the rest of the world. But today is not a day for work. Today is a day of celebration. Therefore, I hereby announce that officially this day will be forever a holiday. A holiday known as Rebirth Day. Also, I would like to announce the creation of the Ultranormal Task Force. We know that the Sonic Singularity has also created changes in people, strange abilities, and unfortunately, in some cases, strange criminals have manifested. I have begun working on designing enhanced semi-mechanized enforcers to help us, but nothing replaces the human factor. So we will be recruiting brave and capable individuals who will have the same abilities as those they will hunt. We will eliminate crime and danger from Nexus City. And I promise that I'll Kara, something's there, wrong. The mirror's in danger. There, from the south side. I was before all this started. Mayor Cunning, get down! Death, corruptor. Betrayer. All forces converge on Blue Sedan, oh. heading northeast on Main. Copy that, Sarge. Are you all right, sir? Thanks to you, young lady. That was very quick thinking and acting. Just doing my job, sir. You seemed to act before there was any indication of danger. Do you have gifts, officer? I, uh... Say yes, Kara. Uh, yes. Excellent. We'll talk more soon. But don't let me stop you from catching those criminals. My men are on it. I need to get you inside. Whatever you say, officer. Do you see, Kara? I told you that they were all ingrates. Lazy, spoiled, horrible people. It's never enough. They always will want more. They don't deserve what you have given them. They don't deserve anything. Yes, I do see. I didn't want to. But you were right. Are you talking to me, sir? No, my dear. Just talking to myself. Shall we go? Was it really himself that the good professor was talking to? Let's jump to three years in the past and find out. Ah, Dr. Hightower, we weren't expecting you back until tomorrow. Things went smoother than I thought. The cure for tuberculosis was a complete success. I wanted to come back early and surprise Carl with the good news. I'm sure he'll be thrilled. I've been a bit worried about him. He seems a lot more stressed than usual. I thought... This might give him some hope, that we're making a difference. Go right on in, sir. I'm sure he'll be thrilled to see you. Yes, General. I understand. The trade agreements we'll be presenting to England and France firmly state that the U.S. will have a majority stake in all business transactions in the new global marketplace that we will create. No, General. I own the patents, and this is for your protection as well. I get the profits off of the use of the technology. 
you get the profits of every other country doing business our way, and the technological secrets stay safe within my head. Well, General, if they do put up a fuss, we will show them just what life will be like if we withdraw our aid and plunge them back into the Dark Ages. Yes, General, we are indeed still copacetic. Goodbye, General. Who was that you were talking to, Carl? Hugh, I didn't expect you back today. I wanted to surprise you with the good news. Good news? Uh, did it work? Did the cure work? Yes, but I really need to know what the hell that conversation was about, Carl. <sighs> Hugh, so much has happened while you've been wandering the Badlands. Talk to me, Carl. Come. Come walk with me, Hugh. I have something I want to show you. He hates me, Julianne. No, he doesn't. The captain just hates the situation he's in. He hates the idea of me being a cop. He hates me being forced on him. Yes, he does. Luckily, Mayor Cunning doesn't. I bet he hates having to take orders from Cunning, too. He's a bit conflicted. Get ready. Here he comes. Sorry to keep you waiting, Lieutenant. You know how it is. Yes, sir. I won't mince words, Brighton. I don't like what's left of this world. I don't like having to track down pubs who seem like something out of a bad pulp magazine. And I don't like having to hire skirts as cops, let alone detectives for a special task force. No, sir. I was raised to protect women, not order them to risk their lives fighting freaks. But the human population ain't what it used to be, you know. We don't got much choice. And you clearly have the ability to deal with these situations. Yes, sir. I'd like to know a little more about what you can do, and why Cunning thinks you should be part of the UTF. I would have thought that you had received a full dossier, sir. I want to hear it from you. Sometimes the good professor can be a bit confusing to a simple cop like me. He's testing you, and he doesn't trust Professor Cunning. And don't tell him about me being a spirit. Permission to speak freely, sir. Granted. When the invasion ended, exactly when it ended, my sister sacrificed herself to save me. One of the invaders got off, one last shot before it liquefied. Like you said, the human race was close to going extinct, so I wanted to do something to help others and make my sister proud. You know, I never wanted you to do that. That was all you, sister. Your record is excellent. And, well, despite my old-fashioned notions, it's clear that you are a damn fine cop. How did you become psychic? I don't exactly know, sir. Maybe it was being so close to one of the invaders when it was liquefied. Now I just sometimes know things, get premonitions, and can see things that the ultra-normal can hide from regular folks. And how did you uh, come to the attention of Professor Cunning? I was assigned to his security detail, sir. You were more than just part of his security detail, weren't you? I... yes, sir. 
I was in charge, and I was the one who saved his life because of one of my premonitions. Good. I don't like braggarts, but someone will keep information from me out of some stupid sense of modesty ain't trustworthy neither. Sir? All right, Lieutenant. You sold me. We'll see you here Monday morning. Welcome to the Ultra Normal Task Force. This isn't going to end well, Carl. Carl. It's been a very hard six years, Hugh. I know. For a while, I used to envy you, getting to stay home while I traveled through the Badlands trying to help people. What an idiot. Then, after all those protests and the attempt on your life, I realized that you had it a lot harder than I did. I missed you, my friend. I know, and I'm sorry. I think I should have been here more. You shouldn't have had to do this all alone. But I wasn't alone, Hugh. Here, come into my secret room. No, you weren't alone. I'll never leave you, Carl. This looks like a supervisor shack. But why did you build it right over the Sonic Singularity? Oh, I don't need much. This is where I would come to think. Away from everything. Think and look at the Singularity. Despite all the amazing things we've been able to accomplish because of this, it still gives me the heebie-jeebies. It is the heart of all mystery. (sighs) Remember all my old dreams? Well, sometimes I dream about falling into it and dying. It feels unavoidable sometimes. (sighs) That inevitability scares me like nothing else ever has. He's too timid, Carl. Too soft. He'll never understand. There is so much I want to tell you, Hugh. So much that I wanted your blessing on. About what, Carl? Talk to me. You can hear it in his voice, Carl. He's going to judge you. He's not going to see what you see. But it all really just comes down to human nature and potential. All the rest... Is rationale. He's going to stop you, Carl. Stop him first. What are you talking about, Carl? I'm sorry, Hugh. I just paralyzed all of your neurons. It'll take even someone with your willpower and strength a while to recover. Why? I'm going to have to kill you, Hugh. I'll inject you with this poison, which will make it look like a sudden heart attack. I'm sorry, old friend, but you just wouldn't understand. Understand? What? That humanity is a waste. We should never have saved them. They came within inches of their own destruction, and instead of learning from that, instead of being grateful and willing to grow, they have doubled down on the same petty stupidities that we saw in the Great War and the Depression... And, of course, during the invasion. Greed, political jockeying, ideological purity, and infighting, petty jealousies, laziness, we hand them wonders, and they just expect more, as if it were their God-given right. And then they criticize it. Nothing is ever enough for them. Nothing changes. So I'm going to put myself in a position to rule them, as they are obviously incapable of effectively ruling themselves. If they want to act like spoiled children, 
That is exactly how I will treat them. Carl! No! I really wish it could have been different, my friend. No. I've got to go out. It's not going to be due to cowardly poison. He's breaking breaking free, Carl. Stop him. Stop him. him. I understand now. I'll die in the heart of the mystery. Q! It was inevitable! Q, what have you done? Diving into the singularity. And why is it suddenly raining so hard? Dear God, the rain all over the city is black. It's the same as the singularity. And now, dear listener, we have reached the ever-present now. Listen. Oh, what the... Where am I? Why am I naked? Fahido. What the... Fahido. I feel like I must... Fahido. Follow... My fellow citizens, it is now the three-year anniversary of the Black Rain and the death of my best friend, Hugh Hightower. Hugh died as he lived, a hero. It was due to his research that we discovered that a rebel group was trying to weaponize the singularity for their own destructive purposes. And that knowledge allowed us to stop their plans and put an end to the Black Rain. The Black Rain which has caused so many problems. We have also activated the Enforcer program. A mixture of the Singularity's energies, mechanization, and brave volunteer men and women. The Enforcers will be aiding the UTF in restoring order and prosperity to our city. Turn that garbage off! from the crime and rebellion that... And give me back my radio. But, Bob, you gave it to us in exchange for that bottle of rye. Yeah, you just can't take it back. Again, I can't. This is my street, Oscar. You want a panhandler to sleep here? You gotta do what I say. And I say, give me back my radio. Or I'm gonna cut you. Both. Faido. Um, fellas, that guy doesn't look too good. Fajido must stop. Fajido, hey loser. Well, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you ain't welcome here. Move off before I hurt you. Leave him alone, Bobby. He looks like he needs some help. Do I look like I care, Gilbert? I said, shove off, buddy. No, you're doing something wrong. Must stop the Fajido. Must stop. The Fajido! Jeez, look at that guy fight! I'm gonna get you off of this. You'll see. Thanks, mister. Hey, do you need some help? He might be able to scrounge up some clothes for you. Yeah, he definitely could use some clothes. And a shower, a shave and a haircut, too. Looks like years since he's seen either. All right. 
Clothes, yeah. Clothes would probably be a good idea. Citizens, it is illegal to loiter here. Is that an enforcer? Uh, officer, we didn't mean any harm. I, we'll go now, okay? Jeez, Johnny hasn't been seen since he was taken in by one of them last week. This ain't good. You are all under arrest. Prepare for rendition. No. You are an abomination! Fury! <laughs> my head! What's wrong with my head? Oh my god! He just killed an enforcer! It just spontaneously combusted! Ah, come on, fella. I'm Oscar. This is Gilbert. We gotta get out of here before they send more. Ah, come on, come with us. We'll see if we can get you something for oh. that headache, too. Oh. Okay. Your ability to fight. What you did to that thing. Who are you? I... I don't know. by Rainbow Bridge Beer was written and produced by... I'll see you tomorrow, Brennan. Sleep well, old friend. The Degasian, Series 1, Episode 1, The Source of Discord, was written and created by Lothar Tuppen. Featured in the cast were Jeffrey Billard, Janet Dider, Tonya Malevich, Joshua Price, Lothar Tuppen, Jack Ward, and special guest Greg Taylor of Dakota Ring Theater as the initiator. Streets of Mystery theme, Degasian theme, and musical transitions composed and performed by Sharon B., Initiatory music by Lothar Tuppen. Sound design, direction, and mastering by Lothar Tuppen. Sound effects by Lothar Tuppen and the Free Sound Project. This presentation, as well as the scripts and characters therein, is copyright 2019 to Lothar Tuppen. And this recording is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. All other rights are reserved. This has been a production of the Ninth Tower.
Every other week, right here on Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, you get a brand new episode of Bells in the Bat Free, for which we apologize. However, if for some reason you can't get enough Bells in the Bat Free, and after you've asked a professional therapist for help, head over this way on Fridays. Friday Follies has all the old Bells in the Bat Free, going back to 2006, you know, back in the prehistoric days when it sounded like this to get on the internet. Anyway, if you want to catch the old ancient bells in the bat free, catch it on Friday Follies right here on the Mutual Audio Network. And we apologize in advance for that as well.